Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. And I just had the best intro, but due to technical issues, it wasn't captured. But I'm hoping the sound will be captured. Now, listen close. Do you know what that is? Oh, I know what it is. It sounds like you pouring yourself a nice, tall glass of champagne. Yes, it is. That's Michelle decompressing after a summer from hell. (laughs) I survived. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited for you. And I'm so happy to have you back in Arizona. Yes. And it's just a quick trip this time. I do have to go back to Anchorage on Friday. But I was very smart in my planning because the following Saturday, I have an event with you like eight days later. So I booked myself back in the small window of time because then I'm guaranteed to get back and not stay any longer than I have to. Woohoo! I know <laughs> you are going to be signing your children's book at my store on I know, I October 9th. I can't either. I'm so excited. I just have to say thank you for not asking me to read the story. Well, I can read it and I know how it's supposed to be read. I haven't practiced and I would probably be pretty nervous. And I think in this situation, just signing it and you have a little free gift that you're going to give everyone who comes and buys one of your books, your autographed books. Yes, a very nice little gift. And when I'm thinking about this gift, because it's a nice candle and it'll say good night, sweet bear and have this wonderful fragrance to it that reminds you of childhood. That brings me to the thought of candles. And do you want to tell everyone if you won, Suzanne? Well, guess what? We did win. That is awesome. I know. We were very excited. Was it really close at the end? It was. It was seven. We won by seven votes. Okay. Seven votes. It's all it takes. So one vote is all it takes. So that's so exciting. That's right. It was very exciting. And yep. And now we're just waiting for those candles to arrive because that's what we won. We won the free candles from. LB candles. Oh, wow. How many do you get? I believe we get 24 of them. Very nice. And then you can order more if you want. Yes, which we already did. We ordered another 24 in addition to what we get. Very cool. And so I have to ask that random friend who threw a vote for another candle, did she ever vote for your candle? No, she didn't. I was going to say we unfollowed her. So I don't know if I would know, but I could look at the list of who did vote for us and her name was not on it, but we did unfollow her. Very shady. I know. I know. That'll teach them. Well, as I said, I'm celebrating the end of my summer and I am just going to say we finally got an offer on the house. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So these things are coming off my plate and I can focus on the holidays coming up, I guess, because that's what I do. I know. And it's just so exciting for you to be on the other side of this summer. Right. I'm really hoping I don't jinx it, though, putting it out there. (laughs) I know. I hope so, too. I was actually just thinking that I wasn't going to put that out in the universe, but I guess you did. So, but I know it's going to be good. Rewind, rewind this tape. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't even say it. Yeah, it's all going to be good. It's all good. Everything moving forward. Yes. So I've been on a road trip because I was leaving Alaska. And I think I told you when the last episode aired or two episodes ago that I would be dropping my dog off in South Dakota. And that was a 
very, very long day. I bet it was. I will tell you something that happened on this trip, and I didn't even know it was a law. Oh, do tell. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of telling the story of my sister, but yeah, I didn't know it was a law either. So we landed in Omaha after flying all night, and we had to drive to Condi, South Dakota. And it was like a five and a half hour drive. And again, we've been flying all night, not a whole lot of sleep. I was so stressed out by the time I got to the airport thinking about how am I going to get my dog to the rental car? Because my mom had told me, you know, rental car companies might not accept dogs. And so I was so stressed I would get there and not be able to put my dog in the rental car. Right. So stupid, but that's where my mind was this whole time. So I was shaking by the time we got to the rental car place, but it all went smoothly except for the fact that I loaded all of our shit into the wrong van. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I went to C12 instead of A12. I'm like, no, there's our van right there. And I loaded it up. Everything, the dog kennel, all her food spilled over the back of the car, our bags. And something told me, you know, you should just go check with the Avis office and make sure that um, this is the right rental car. And so I did. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're that one right over there, A12. And I'm like, oh, I just loaded all our stuff in this car. (laughs) She goes, yeah, we gave you the nicer one. So I had to move everything. So that's how our trip started once we got there. We then drove into Iowa, which I've never been to Iowa. So another, another thing off my states. And as we're on the highway, there's, you know, two lanes going our direction. There's a police car on the side of the road with those lights on, but he doesn't have a car stopped. And so we drive by the police car in the lane we were in, which was next to where his car was. And he got back on the road, flipped on his lights, and my sister got a ticket. Oh. For failing to change lanes. I saw that one coming when you started that story. Yeah, I did know that was a law. Well, I always do pull over if I see it or try to remember to, but I wasn't driving. I don't know if anyone was in the lane next to us, but she got pulled over. And do you want to guess how much that ticket was? I'll say 250. Well, you're pretty close. I was thinking it was going to be like 50 or 75 or he'd give us a warning, but no, it was like $210. Wow. I know. So that was kind of a bummer way to start the trip out. Yeah, that's too bad, but Well, we learned our lesson. You learned your lesson, but you made it with the dog. You got the dog dropped off. Yes. All good. That's all good. Yep. And went to Denver, went to Vegas, and now I'm in Arizona getting ready to go back to Alaska. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know I am too. (laughs) But again, just a short time. I know. And although I understand that it's getting cold in Alaska and they may have even had snow while you were gone. Oh, they had snow the morning I left. I got on the plane and it started snowing and I was like, hallelujah, I missed the snow somehow. Yeah. And even for Anchorage, Alaska, that's early for snow. It's going to be a long winter. Yes, it definitely is. For them. For them. Yes. Not for, for us. But it could get cold down here. I mean, 50 feels pretty cold during the winter. It's all subjective. I know. And we're a long way from 50. We're a good two months before it actually gets down to 50. Yes, we definitely are that. So what have you been up to? 
Well, I've been doing a little traveling of my own and I, you know, I, I tried to forewarn you that, okay, it's a technicality that I'm not going political on, in this conversation after my travels, but it may sound political, but it's not because I decided that my experiences would have been the same regardless of what my political affiliation is. But I do have some gripes that I can no longer keep my mouth shut about. It's time for me to speak up. (laughs) So how long have you kept your mouth shut about this so far? Like, how long has this been bugging you? And now it's like, come to the surface. Since I've started traveling again, since I've started experiencing the world post-COVID. I think, in my opinion, that our country, and I know this sounds political, but it's not because I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or independent. I think the most of us agree that the issues we're facing are not necessarily being handled in the manner in which I would handle them. Let's just say that. And I will give you a few examples. Yes, there are many other opinions out there other than what the current trend is legally or what's being put out there. Yep. So I have, in the last month or so, I have been on two trips. That's two round trips with the airlines in airports, going through TSA, dealing with car rentals. And I have come up with some standards that I miss when traveling. And I'm going to start this by saying my daughter and I, when she was trying to talk me off my ledge, agreed that the reason I feel like the direction our country is going is off point is because as my daughter pointed out, you attract more bees with honey than with vinegar. And I think we have decided to try to attract bees with vinegar in our country. And my daughter said, wouldn't it just make more sense to give people incentive instead of trying to punish them for what's going on? And I so have to agree. I bet you're sitting there thinking, what specifically is she talking about? You know me too well. I actually was (laughs) like, where are we going with this right now? Okay, so here's the deal. On a recent flight, and I'm not sure if I brought this up in a previous podcast or if I've just been spouting this to anyone who will listen to me, but I was sitting in first class and you tell me if I've already shared this story because I'll cut it short then and I'll move on to the next. And the flight attendant was greeting every passenger that was getting on the plane with she was greeting them with an attitude. Now, did I talk about this in our episode? Yes, you did. Okay. You did. So that's kind of where this started with me because I thought this flight attendant is picking a fight. She's she's looking to pick a fight and she found her person to pick that fight with on that flight. And my point at that point was if you're getting on a plane and passengers have become unruly, And it's like, I wonder if that's because the airlines have made it so uncomfortable for us to travel that our frustration levels are at their peak. And at some point, you're going to hit your breaking point. 
and you're just going to lose it. Jokingly, you could say, you know, did I pull a Karen? And I didn't, but I've seen a lot of passengers just on that brink of just really being upset. And in the meantime, the Flight Attendants Association appeared before Congress and asked that we have tighter regulations with passengers and that there have to be stiffer penalties if you pick a fight on a flight and that you have to serve jail time and you have to pay penalties, like steep penalties, like $3,000 or more if you become unruly on a flight, because it's the safety of the flight attendants that's so critical here. And I cannot tell you how much that pisses me off, (laughs) because I watched a flight attendant try to push people's buttons to get them pissed off so that she would have something to add to the value of this determined attitude to treat adults like children and punish them if they become unruly. But yet, they think it's okay for the airlines to push us to our very most uncomfortable limit and make us as miserable as they possibly can and then get mad at us for losing our patience. Or having a reaction to it. Now, let me ask you this question real quick, and maybe you have an answer, and maybe you haven't figured it out yet. Okay. But at what point in airline travel do you think our buttons are getting pushed the most? Is it at check-in? Is it security? Is it pre-boarding on the flight? Like, where do you think, or do you just think the whole process, they're just making it uncomfortable and... Yep. I think from the second you pull into the airport to the second you leave the airport at your final destination, every step of the way has become uncomfortable. And to the degree where in some places it's miserable. And I'll give you my example. So I get to the airport on my most recent trip up to Seattle to see my kids. Quick weekend, flights delayed. Okay, so I get to the airport, I have to deal with security. Well, first I have to deal with parking my car and the parking at the airport is completely full in Arizona, which has happened before. I get it. Lots of people are traveling, nowhere to park your car. But then I notice that there's a whole level in the parking lot that's closed for no apparent reason, just closed. So I have to leave that parking thing, go find another parking terminal, have to catch a shuttle bus over to the gate, over to the terminal that I'm flying out of, which is all fine. Pain in the butt, carrying bags, whatever. Get there, look up at the screen. My flight's been delayed an hour and then it's been delayed two hours and then it's been delayed three hours. So all of a sudden, the day I had planned in Seattle is toast gone, can't do anything about it. So I get into Seattle, what was supposed to be noon. I finally arrive in Seattle at 6.15 PM. Go to pick up my rental car. And guess what? My rental car is not available because I was a no-show. Even though I had put my flight number into the system when I went to rent the car and I thought that was so that they could track my flight so that they could see my flight was 
you know, six hours late <laughs> that my, you know, they would hold my rental car for me. I feel like it was a Seinfeld episode. They know how to take the reservation. They just don't know how to hold the reservation. <laughs> so then I didn't have a car because they gave up my reservation. <laughs> so there you have it. That was very nice of them. Yes. Yeah. So then I have to go find another car. And all they have available is a seven passenger van, um, big, like cargo type van. And it's like, what no. I would do to see you driving a van like that, would you wear a hat and drive it for me? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not taking this vehicle. What happened to my reservation? I was a no show. And just for the record, I was a no show on a prepaid reservation you know, to save the 50 bucks. Again, totally uncomfortable. And why was I a no-show? Because the airline delayed my flight for six hours, about 20 minutes at a time. Every 20 minutes, it would be delayed another 20 minutes. You know, and for us seasoned travelers, we know that means it's mechanical and they're not giving us any information. And, you know, you go to the gate agent, well, we haven't gotten an update yet. Check back in an hour. <laughs> and then you go to the customer service line. Should I book a different flight? Well, we don't have any information on your flight yet. You know, check back in 30 minutes. And okay, so you can't get any information about what's going on. So you have your prisoner in the airport. And then let's just talk about how you have to wear the mask for six hours in the airport while you're waiting. And, you know, I'm just like, there's something just not right about that. Like having to sit in a building for six hours and wear a mask waiting to get on your flight, because that's what the FAA has decided we have to do. We have to wear our masks. Yeah. And you can't hide out in the bathroom. No, you can't. Because I know that you used to like to go into the bathroom just so you could take your mask off, but six hours, like there's no way right. you can do that. Right. And I did come up with my coping mechanism where every hour I would go into the bathroom. I'd sit in the bathroom for 15 minutes with my mask off <laughs> just so I could breathe a little bit. You know, and of course, every restaurant and every bar are full in the airport because that's the only place you can really get away with not wearing your mask. And let me tell you, so then I board the plane and I'm jumping ahead of my story and I can probably skip all of the minor details that pissed me off. But the flight attendant came and asked me if I wanted the squash risotto or the clementine chicken for my meal. I know what airlines you're on <laughs> because I just booked a flight back to Alaska and those were my meal options <laughs> and a cheese platter. Right. Well, the cheese platter wasn't available for me for whatever reason. Don't know. Only for pre-order. Yeah. Well, I had tried to pre-order. And when I went to pre-order, it said fruit and cheese plate, but you couldn't click on it. So it's almost like too many people had already ordered the fruit and cheese plate, pre-ordered the fruit and cheese plate. So it was no longer an option for me in the pre-order. Not that that would upset me or anything. <laughs> Because I thought, oh, I'll just go buy my own, which I did. I went and got my own fruit and cheese platter at, 
you know, one of the little Hudson stores. But so when the woman came over to ask me, do I want squash risotto? No. Do I want clementine chicken? No. Which is a bad habit of mine. When I couldn't hear her, I pulled my mask down. Just so because I thought if I pulled my mask. I do that too. Right. If you pull your mask down, don't you feel like you can hear better? When you pull your mask down? Yes. I mean, okay. She goes, ma'am, you need to keep your mask on. (laughs) And I'm like, don't snap at me. I've had this stupid mask on for the last six and a half hours. And I've been sitting on this plane for an hour and I'm hungry. And all you have is squash risotto and clementine chicken. And neither one which appealed to me. And I put my mask down for a second and you just snapped my head off. It's like, okay, that really pisses me off. Did she apologize? Did you no. tell her that or did you just no. think that? No, she said, ma'am, FAA requires that you wear a mask at all times unless you're sipping on a drink or you're actively taking a bite of your food. And I said, yes, I know that. And I am sorry. And Wow. Again, Suzanne 2.0. You <laughs> yeah. held it together, well, girl. No, I really didn't because there was a lot of sarcasm in that. And I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Because, well, yeah. Because it's it sounds like, much nicer right now, I guess, than it did at the time. Uh, and I think to myself, in the parallel universe where the union of flight attendants is speaking to Congress, I you know, I hear their argument as we're serving our passengers too much alcohol. What? Really? You know, they don't and have we, champagne on their flights anymore. Well, that it, airline anyway. I know. And I'm thinking to myself, so you're blaming the issues that the unruliness of passengers on the fact that they're not getting enough elk or they're getting too much alcohol when you can't even get alcohol anymore. I mean, you're lucky if you can get a drink on a flight anymore. And they're blaming it on too much alcohol. And it's like, no, you guys are missing the point. The point is the airline and the airport and the FAA have made flying so damn uncomfortable that we're all at our breaking point. I had to cancel six hours worth of plans I had because my flight was six hours delayed. And for the record, when I was sitting there I actually took a picture of the screen of upcoming flights, delayed, delayed, delayed on time, delayed, delayed, delayed on time. One in four flights was on time. Everything was delayed. And why is that? Because there's a shortage of employees. I mean, I am telling you, it's like, can they not figure this one out? Okay, so... (laughs) Well, I got to tell you a story here, too, about the same exact airline. Yeah. So when we were in Las Vegas, I'm just going to jump in real quick. I wish you would. Because because what you said resonates. It's like you have to figure this out. Right. It is. So we're in Las Vegas. And you remember like months ago when we were there for March Madness, Rob and I had a flight booked back to Anchorage. We packed before dinner and at dinner they canceled our Yes. Yes. So we decided you're taking a whole day away from us. We're just going to skip it and go back to Arizona. Anyhow, I'm in Vegas this time with my sister and she is scheduled to fly out on Sunday at 11:20 a.m. and that night at Saturday night at 6:30 we get a message from the airline that they have canceled her flight and rebooked her not on Sunday, not on Monday, <gasps> no. but on Tuesday. 
No yeah. way. No flights available. And so here we are, football weekend in Vegas. You know, hotels are premium cost. And, you know, we've been gambling. Right. Well, she's been gambling. I've just been, <laughs> I gambled $5 and walked away with two of that. So yeah, me, I'm not a very big gambler. But, you know, it just really puts people at an inconvenience when they, you know, get pushed back two days without explanation. My sister works. She had to reschedule clients on Monday and Tuesday, both. She has kids at home. She has responsibilities at home. And yeah, sorry, too bad. (laughs) We'll get you home, but it's not till Tuesday. And the thing that kills me about that is there's no explanation. There's like, we have the power to just cancel your flight and rebook you two days from now. You have no say in it. We don't have to offer you an explanation. That's just the way it is. Right. And so when I was rebooking her, because they, of course, put her on like a 9 a.m. flight on Tuesday, but she ended up coming to Havasu with me. So it's a two and a half hour drive in there. We're like, no, we need to push it back into the afternoon. So I called to do that. Yep. No explanation. And I tried to explain to them, you know, this is a hardship. Like she had customers that are not very happy that she had to reschedule. Um, She has kids. She's incurred costs because of this. Are you going to reimburse her? And they said, well, if you haven't gotten an email talking about reimbursement within the next 48 hours, please call our customer care. And I told my sister she should call them. I hope she did. I don't know if she has yet, but she really should follow through and try and get some sort of compensation because that's just ridiculous. I mean, there are a lot of expenses incurred two more days in Vegas. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun, but Vegas is not cheap. I went to fast food. It was $25. Right. Well, and get this. For one person, me. And you know what the airline did for, uh, okay, because basically I had the same story coming back to Phoenix. You know, I won't go through every detail like I did with the other And what happened was my son, daughter-in-law, and grandson were flying with me, and our flight kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. So we decided, okay, we're just going to cancel this flight, rebook the next day. And I looked for the very first available flight that had tickets in our first class, which, because that's what we paid for. So I was afraid if I went to a coach ticket. They weren't going to reimburse me the difference in the ticket. So anyway, did that. And you know what they did? They gave us a $13 voucher for food. You can't even get French fries for $13. Especially, and it was an airport voucher that you couldn't use it for alcohol. You could only use it for food and you had to use it in the airport. But $13 is what they gave us. And my daughter had to in another parallel universe, she had to fly to Washington for a funeral. So she's boarding her flight back to Atlanta to get home. And announcement comes over and said, oh, they forgot to restock or cater the flight. So we're going to give you a $6 voucher to get food in the airport before we take off. So they didn't cater the flight. So there was no food, no alcohol on her flight from, it ended up being from spoke, no, from Seattle back to Atlanta, no food on the flight, different airline than what I was flying on. And they gave her a $6 voucher for food that she could take and bring on the airplane with her because they forgot to cater it. Oops. 
And that's like a four-hour flight. Nope, no food. How does that happen? And how do they get away with it? How do they get away with it? That's what, that is my question. It's like, how are they getting away with this crap? And then they expect us to act like civilized human beings. When you're crammed into an uncomfortable seat, when your flights are delayed, when they're not offering food or beverage service, you have to wear a mask from the time you get in your walk in the airport to the time you leave the airport at your destination, whether it's four hours, six hours, 12 hours, whatever it is, including delays. And they wonder why people are losing their patience. Oh, it's because they drink too much alcohol. Uh, wrong, wrong. Uh, I have never been so frustrated in my entire life as I have been the last couple times I have traveled. And, and I was telling a friend of mine, in the last 10 flights I've taken, and yes, I do travel a lot, eight of those 10 flights were delayed and or canceled because one of them was canceled. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And the inconvenience for the passenger doesn't seem to matter to the airlines. I feel like they're hanging on by a thread trying to survive. And yet they want to blame the passengers for unruly behavior when they're being treated like animals. They're not even being treated like animals. It's worse. And it's like we have lost all sense of dignity and respect for other people. I'm sorry, but I, I'm just in a mood because of it. I know. <laughs> and you're I know you're making me anxious about my upcoming flight. But all I can say right now is thank you so much for offering to drive me to the Phoenix airport and pick me up. So I don't right. have to deal with the parking situation because I would be shaking by the time I got in there. Right. And the parking, I mean, in the new terminal at the Sky Harbor Airport. I'm, this is just a public service announcement. I don't know who designed that, but it was not a woman who drives, who designed that parking garage for the new terminal, because it is the most convoluted, messed up parking garage I have ever been in. And I wouldn't want my worst enemy to have to park in that garage. Well, I think I'm more than your worst enemy. So I'm still very thankful that you're. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm happy to do it. So I'm going to springboard off of this conversation into another hot topic that also has. Shall we all get our. um, (laughs) Yes, you should. Life vests on or something just in case we have to bail out of this. Yeah. (laughs) I can't even wait to hear what this is. Well. I mean, and I'm sorry, but I just think, again, it's like you attract more bees with honey than with vinegar. And and I'm going to use that analogy over and over again, because now I am talking, because here's what I heard today, which just added fuel to my fire. United Airlines fired 600 employees today because they were not vaccinated. Okay, so... Let's see how this is going to solve our problem. <laughs> because now United Airlines is down 600 employees after an already employees shortage that every industry is experiencing right now. But instead of offering, you know, giving these employees 600 employees, we don't know why they didn't get vaccinated. But is that really any of our business? No. 
it's not. And this is not political. This is my opinion, because that's how that's how our country has been up until now, that it is a choice. And that choice has just been taken away from 600 employees at United Airlines. And why does that bother me? Because now if you fly United Airlines, there is a staff shortage. There are probably not enough flight attendants. There are probably not enough pilots. There are probably not enough baggage people to make our flight experience comfortable. They have just added to the flying experience that we currently are all suffering through because they fired 600 people just because they did not get vaccinated. Yeah. And I just flew United on two of the three flights that I was, I can't even talk (laughs) right now. Damn champagne. I know. It's not champagne. I don't think it's a champagne. I think it's me getting you all riled up. I I I realize I'm creating angst for everyone. Not angst. It's just reminding me like, but it was positive. My experiences on United recently, they were on time. Staff was friendly. You know, they didn't really serve any food. So maybe they forgot to cater it, but. um, (laughs) Or they've just eliminated that from their service. Maybe they've just eliminated that from their service. Yeah, I I would have no complaints about the service we got with United, but hearing that you're going to get complaints. Right. And I only point out United Airlines because I fly other airlines because of convenience, because of where I live, because that's where the most convenient flights are. So I have nothing against United Airlines. I just point them out because they did this today. They fired 600 employees in a time where there is a staff shortage everywhere. And it's like, how is this going to help things? How is this going to make things better? That you have punished these people for not being vaccinated. Well, that's going to create issues. That's going to create controversy. You've just created a backlog of problems for the airline because now they have to figure out how they're going to cover 600 employees' jobs. And maybe, you know, maybe if they have 600,000 employees, 600 People are not that many to get rid of. But I'm hearing about this in every industry. I was just in the state of Washington. And in the state of Washington, the governor has given state employees until October 18th to get vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated by October 18th, you're fired. And I heard him say this while I was in Washington. He said, we've had 10% unemployment issues within the state government that we've dealt with before. We will deal with it this time. We will find replacements for these, um, anyone, state employees who choose not to get vaccinated. And I'm thinking, okay, but what's going to happen first at United Airlines? Those 600 people who just lost their jobs are now unemployed. And the people who are going to lose their jobs in the state of Washington on October 18th, they're now unemployed. How is this helping. <laughs> How is this? Are we are we trying to punish people into getting their vaccines? Are we shaming them into getting vaccines? Is that's the society we've become? Is that, oh, I've seen some shaming. Yes, I have seen some shaming and heard stories where people are shamed or shunned because they haven't got the vaccine, which again, I believe is their own personal choice. 
Right. Well, and in the state of Washington, you can't go into a restaurant. You cannot dine in a restaurant unless you show your vaccination card. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. And so here's my point. Because it's like, okay, so when does this end? Because my husband just got his booster shot today in Alaska, because we know that COVID is out of control in Alaska. And he thought better safe than sorry, I'm going to go get my booster shot. But what happens when, or if, okay, I had a Moderna shot, Moderna boosters are not available. But what happens when I don't have my booster shot? Am I going to be shamed to the point where I have to get my booster shot as well? When I had Moderna? And what if I decide I don't feel like I need a booster? What if I've had COVID and a vaccine, which they're saying now, if you had COVID, that's your best defense against COVID is if you've naturally had it. But is this two, a year from now, is this going to be where I find myself if I choose not to get a booster that, oh, well, your vaccination card that you currently have is invalid because you don't have your booster? So how far does this go? How far down the road does this continue until we finally say, stop? You know, you can't shame people into doing things. It's like, like my daughter said, you're going to attract more bees with honey. More people are going to get vaccinated if you're kind to them. If you say, it's okay, you're allowed a choice, but we would love it if you, would, you know, and I know a lot of people are out there saying, oh, we've tried that method. But no, we really haven't. We are forcing people's hands. We are forcing their hand. And, you know, people just need the gift of time. But time yes! takes a while to to play out, right? Because, you know, <sighs> let more statistics come out. Let them feel more comfortable about the information that they're hearing. Let them see what the reaction is and how it does affect other people. I right. Mean, or society. Exactly. And I feel I feel some sense of guilt because I know that I am not in the healthcare profession. I'm not on the front line. I am not the nurse that's working in a hospital that's overrun by COVID patients because they weren't vaccinated. But I also know that I have more than several friends who are breakthrough, who were vaccinated and ended up with COVID anyway, and ended up, some of them ended up very sick with COVID in breakthrough cases. And so it's like, what makes, so their case of COVID is okay because they got the vaccine, at least they tried. And those that aren't vaccinated are the ones that we should be condemning for what and we don't and the thing that bothers me the most about this is we don't give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't allow people who aren't vaccinated to have a valid reason why they didn't get vaccinated. Like maybe their family doctor advised them not to because of a pre-existing condition. Like we don't know if this is going to adversely impact your pre-existing condition. You and I know someone who recently died from COVID because he was not vaccinated based on his doctor's recommendation because he had a genetic disorder that the doctor was like, let's just wait before we give you this vaccine. And he passed away. Now, is that on him? Is that this guy's fault? No, 
Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's hard to know exactly what to say. I know um, someone very close to me recently applied for a job at the airlines application went through and they're like, in order to continue in this process, we need a copy of your COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. So she had to supply a copy of that to this airline. I guess she can apply to United now. (laughs) I mean, that's horrible to say, but not if she's, well, I guess she's vaccinated because she's vaccinated. Yeah. And then this is not airline related, but kind of on the same thing of like, what is going on in the world of COVID? We were in Vegas and we were walking back from where we had dinner to our hotel and it was on the other end of the strip and we were passing the Cosmopolitan, which is a Marriott property. We've stayed there many times and there were guards at all entrances of the door. And the only way you could get into that building is if you were, yep a guest of the hotel or had a reservation for dinner. They're the only people being let in. Unbelievable. I know. What if every casino did that? Well, Vegas isn't going, it's not going to. It won't survive. It won't survive with that climate, with that culture. And But why would they even do that? That doesn't even make sense. They're just like. Right. I don't know if it was like that during the day because I didn't walk that far down during the day, but at night it definitely had security at all entrances. And you have to ask yourself, I mean, really, (laughs) really? Okay. And again, I don't mean to be political and my facts. Disclaimer noted. Disclaimer noted. And I have not checked my facts on this, but we do have, Living in Arizona, I'm very well aware of this because it's on the news daily. We have illegal immigrants and legal immigrants coming into this country by the thousands, and they are not being tested when they come across the border. They are not given vaccines when they come across the border. But you can't go into the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. You can't go sit in a restaurant in Seattle, Washington unless you can show proof of a vaccine card. You can't work for United Airlines unless you have a vaccination. But I have immigrants coming to this country by the thousands, and not one of them is being... Why, why is there not a vaccination station? And why is not one of that not one of the requirements when they cross our border? Why is there not someone there giving them a shot? Yeah, it makes no sense. And I know this is going to sound completely shallow before I even say it, (laughs) but I carry my vaccine card in my purse. I have a Louis Vuitton purse. Mm -hmm. It's a nice purse. But yet in my mind, the most valuable thing in that purse, take it all but my vaccine card. I honest to God feel like that. And whenever I can't locate my purse, I'm like, it's got my vaccine card. That is all I'm worried about. I I don't want to lose that. I have a picture of it and copies of it, but. And I actually had the same exact experience. I switched bags when I was recently in Minnesota and I put the bag that handbag I'm talking about, but the handbag I wasn't using, I put in my suitcase that I checked to go home. And I almost had a panic attack because I realized that I had left my vaccine card in my spare bag that was in my suitcase that I checked. And all I could think about, I didn't care about anything else in my suitcase, except that what if someone takes my vaccination card, the most valuable piece of luggage I have, 
And and I forgot about it. And I did literally almost have a panic attack because I was so afraid I was going to lose my vaccination card. I mean, how pathetic is that? I'm in the same boat. I so I can't say it's pathetic, but other people might think so. I just I can't know say it because I know because I, I the same thing. Right. Well, and my guess is and and in my mind, this is not a political issue. In my mind, this is my own personal experience. This is what I am dealing with more and more on a daily basis. And it is creating angst for me. It is creating a level of frustration that I have never felt before. And I'm not a patient person. I mean, I, I'm used to my angst. I'm used to my frustrations. And I have hit a new level. And both my daughter and my son, who have been with me, neither one of them even watched the news anymore because they said, we can't take it, mom. It's too stressful. And what I discovered when I was in Minnesota and when I was recently in Washington, the times when I did not listen to the news, when it wasn't on my radio, when it wasn't on the TV, I was like so much calmer (laughs) and in such a good mood. And I'm thinking, this is what's happening to me. This is what I am becoming. And this is why I feel like I have to talk about it in public. Well, I'm happy that you are talking about it. And yes, the news will get you worked up. I I will admit right now, I don't watch it because mm-hmm. I'll read about it somewhere else. Um, it stresses me out way too bad. And yeah, it's hard to believe that we're in this situation. situation. It is. And where do we go from here? How do we... I don't know if we can get back to where we were pre-COVID, and I don't know if I'm blaming all of this on COVID, but instead of trying to get back to where we were, how do we create a positive environment that we can all peacefully live in without feeling this angst and this stress and this frustration wherever we go? the judgment. And the judgment. And it's like, and I want this to become... and it is becoming a personal campaign of mine to find ways to deal with things positively. And yes, this is Suzanne 2.0 because my determination to find a way to switch our mindset is driving me because it's like there have got to be ways to attract bees with honey instead of with vinegar. And it's going to take one person at a time to fix this and to get us to a better place in our existence. That's the point. That's the point of my whole soapbox that I've been on for the last 45 minutes. Yeah. And I didn't even need any of the fillers that I had prepared for this. I carried this episode. (laughs) I know. I'm really sorry. It's like, God, shut that woman up. She's said enough. Well, I guess we probably should be wrapping it up, but let's do it on a positive note. Yes. I want to give a huge shout out to my daughter-in-law, Eva. She has taken it upon herself because she's heard us talk about it so many times to start an orange juice optional Instagram page. I know. And I have to thank her for that too. It's like, yes. 
So she has ideas for us of what she wants us to do, like our favorite mimosa recipes and stuff like that. So yeah, we've got to figure this out for material to put on or we can put it on ourselves. I just really suck at social media though. Well, so do I. And I actually have someone who is handling my social media for my store now and she's doing a fabulous job. I mean, a hundred times better than I do, but that's not saying much because I, I suck at it. So I'm so pleased that Eva is going to help us because she gets it. She knows how to do it. I know she made some cute little video thing. And I know. Oh, I know. It's exciting. It is really exciting. So that's out there. If you want to check it out on Instagram, I need to do something on Facebook. So we'll figure it all out. We're just going, going along, living our lives, (laughs) getting frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, well, no. Just remember my last words. It's like, I am on a campaign now to find the positive ways to deal with life in general. I'm attracting bees with honey, not with vinegar. Yep. You're flipping that script and that's what we all need to start doing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say or should we wrap this? Oh, let's wrap it up before I get off on another topic because um, I need to. There's more? (laughs) No. You have more topics? Oh, I have. (laughs) Okay. Well, with all that shared, I guess I'm just going to say cheers, even though my glass is empty. (laughs) Cheers. 